Trust is overrated. I woke up this morning thinking about some things that have transpired in my life lately and over my journey the last few years. And I kept thinking about the words trust and faith. They kept coming back to me and how we toss them about so easily and take them for granted sometimes and misunderstand what they really mean sometimes. And I was thinking about how faith in ourselves is really self-confidence and how our desire for others to have faith in us is part of our need for validation, of course, as humans. But we want that deep mutual faith between each other in our personal relationships. In any relationship, that's important because it creates something more powerful. I'm not talking about religious faith here specifically, but throw that in too. Because all those people, you know, go to church. They come together and demonstrate their faith. Because it's more than just your faith when you truly have it. When you add one, you're adding two. When you're adding two, you're adding three. And faith wasn't a topic I was planning on talking about today, but I woke up with it and I went with it. But it was a topic I had planned and I had notes I penned a long time back and I didn't even have to open them up because I knew it was negative. It was really focused on lack of faith and what happens there. It was something that happened actually with an organization, with the church. But that would box it in. And that was not what it's about, not what this podcast is about anymore. Faith is where it's at. We always want to talk about how people disappoint us. And I've done that incorrectly sometimes. That's why I didn't want to do it again. But faith is good. Blind faith is a problem. And really our behavior when something shakes our faith is a problem. And that really brings me to one of the reasons I started this podcast, uh, back in April, May, 2021, somewhere around there. And it was ultimately to make a point. I don't know if I ever really said directly, and it is from my past. And one of the reasons I may or may not have, or may not have said it directly is because ultimately I found a lot of better points to make, I think. And like I said, it may not have all started well, but I think it's gotten there better. So even though, I found a good point. I may not have made the point good or as well as I should have. But one of those original points was this. I had an affair, right? That affair, that relationship, relationship I shouldn't have had became truly good at some point. And it was a point after I was caught. Yes. And the marriage was over. I mean, 
there was something good about it before then too, but but it it, it reached a crescendo. It had uh, it went to a new level, I guess I should say, because there was a point where we had true faith in each other, and then something that happened that wavered that faith, something that I don't think should have, but it did, and ultimately I got my karma. Be- because I didn't listen to advice I'd give myself today, and I'm going to share with you, which really was always what I believed. I just didn't water my own grass, and I drank frustration away, which I've talked about before. There was a fundamental problem there with me. And I'll, that was what I planned to talk about today and uh, which I'll probably talk about on the next episode of the No Bad Karma podcast but today's episode season 2023 episode number six and uh, like I said the theme of this podcast if you haven't noticed is less about trauma in real time and we're trying to make it about growth in real time and we're doing that because healing is a journey and you stumble along the way And yes, that comments especially for you, Adele. But healing is a journey. And milestones are good. But you always got to remember to keep moving forward. And we all have to remember that. Because when we talk about, and I'm going to, say this twice when we talk about trying to live in love intentionally and that's where i'm going to pause for a second and say my ex-wife would always say quit trying to and just do it so when we talk about living and loving intentionally it applies not just to our personal relationships but all our relationships work family friends And when you take that collective positive energy, like I was saying in the opening, we are all working together for something, something more than we are individually. That's why, you know, when faith comes together, it's something more than just the transaction that makes it happen. And that's why trust is overrated and it's really about faith. They're not the same. I'll I'll tell you why I think it's about trust. I'm sorry, about faith and not about trust. Let me tell you what I think trust is. And then I'll wrap up with some notes on blind faith and when our faith is shaken. So trust is filling up your tank and putting your pin on the keypad at the pump. You pull up, pop the tank, swipe your card, put in your pin, fill up your tank, hang up the pump. You trust that transaction's going to settle up correctly with the bank. Trust the gas is going to get you wherever you need to go. Trust is the checklist in the fast food bathroom that says they cleaned. Trust us, they say. <laughs> One time I was in the uh, uh, a national fast food chain restroom, right? And yeah, I had to go, man. And the uh, uh, toilet paper, man, I'm peeling it off the cardboard, right? It, it was gone. And I, 
I get up to wash my hands and the soap dispenser's all jacked up and the soap's all over the counter and water. And I obviously had to wash my hands and I do that. And then I go to get, you know, the stuff to dry your hands, the paper to dry your hands and it's empty. Right. I was like comedy of errors, like wiping my hands on my jeans (laughs) and uh, I'm going out the door and I see the checklist. Right. You've seen the checklist, the checklist that says, you know, who's cleaned and it's got all the tasks and the hours and somebody comes in and initials it. So I looked at the time, looked at the day and oh, yes, it had initials for the last few hourly checks. All the same initials, all the same pen colors. It was like someone came in three hours ago and checked the next three hours ahead and marked it and went about their day. Right. I went into the corner store one day. I knew my total was going to be 533. It was my regular order. I had five ones and 35 cents in my hand. The registers were uh, were tied up with, you know, people having problems and whatever. And the one cashier just gave me my goods and I sat the money on the counter. Right. I trust she's going to ring up the transaction. She's not going to pocket it. That cashier knew my regular order. And that same cashier one day when I was making my normal 533 purchase, I, I'm laughing, thinking about it. I gave her a 20 and 35 cents and she shoved in the drawer and said, thanks. And was just looking at me for a minute. And she said, do you want your pennies today? I said, no, I want the 15. You can keep the pennies. And then she popped the drawer open and realized they gave her a 20, right? But I'm a regular customer. She just trusts every time I'm handing her that right amount. Now, there was another time at that corner store, different clerk now, where I'm a regular or was and now am, but not as much. And one day I was in there, grabbed a couple lottery tickets with my order, right? Now, I go to the store to pick up the 533 order. Toss on the Mega and the Powerball auto pick, right? And it should be $4 more. But it wasn't. I saw a $1 ticket in there, too. Right? I thought about it, but I just chose to let it go and didn't go back as much. Now, she was cool. Helped me out plenty of times. I mean, you know, at the counter. Maybe it was an honest mistake. I don't know. I just let it go and just didn't go back as much. Funny enough, I don't see her as much either. But in all those transactions, right? (laughs) Well, trust is an acknowledgement of something deeper, really. And that's called faith. And the more faith you have, well, it's not just that the trust becomes unimportant. It just becomes secondary. Because why does the fast food chain have that checklist? I mean, just think about it for a minute. Why do they have that checklist in the bathroom? Because no one has faith that they've been properly cleaned. And guess who knows that? We do. The managers and execs of the chain. The health department. You know, I have some food and beverage background. They require those checklists in some jurisdictions because there is no faith. That checklist is about trust. Before I...
before I go on, uh, I gotta say, uh, the dog interrupted me. <laughs> he was breaking my vibe a little bit. Uh, you know, I hate when that happens, but I'll hate it more when it doesn't. So I was saying because no one has faith in those bathrooms that they've been property properly clean, that's why those checklists exist. And a couple of weeks back when my partner and I were road tripping between our places and had to use the uh, restroom, I said, should we stop here or there? And what I was asking is, which place do you have more faith in? <laughs> because we all know how they can be. We've got no faith in them, right? It's just which one do we maybe trust <laughs> at that point to be a little cleaner. But when we had to stop and get gas, I just stopped to get gas. I didn't say what change should we stop at, babe? And that's because we all we have faith that all gas is created equal. Our preferences are going to be based on maybe nearest gas station, maybe price, something like that. But we basically just think that all those transactions that I was talking about earlier, those transactions that we trust are going to happen appropriately. But here in my town, a couple times a year, there's a story on the news about how someone has planted card readers over the card readers that you swipe or insert your card into. They record your data, pick them up later, and then they clone your card. I mean, you can go look on the interwebs right now if you want to try it yourself. You can order card blanks. You can order the burners. But we don't think about that every time we get gas unless we saw one of those stories we might if we show up and notice a card reader looks screwy or something or what happens if i would have paid with a 50 at the corner sir right whether i'm a regular there or not i'm probably going to look at my change you know the bathroom the gas station the corner store visits their checklists, swiping our, the, or the checklist, swiping our cards, whether we count change or not. They're, they're all examples of checklists. They're all checkoffs. It's trust. Trust is just something we check off. Trust is an awareness of your surroundings, something being right or wrong. Trust is being conscious of your behavior, conscientious, conscientious of your behavior, and both those things of others, conscious, conscientious of others behavior, right? But think about the checklist versus the pump where you got the gas because that pump has a weights and measures sticker on it too or a promise that it's going to dispense what it says because of those scams, right? There was even a gas station in my town that set up their pumps one time to dispense less amount when people got $10 worth of gas because that was the most common purchase. You can have trust without faith. And we're never going to have faith in those fast food bathrooms. We'll have a little more faith in the gas station. But you can't have faith without trust. And if you have faith, well, it makes trust much less important. I remember one of the first times my ex-wife and I went out for a nice dinner with my daughter uh, when she was young. Uh, we were out running errands, had a long day, and we decided to stop for dinner. And we thought, hey, man, we're going to you know, go somewhere nicer and a 
client had recently told me about this one place. They're no longer open. And how they just had the best prime rib. It was right up the road from where we were running our errands on our way home. So I suggested it. I trusted the client's suggestion. I had faith in that client too. Rightfully so. Always did right by me. I think I always did right by them. But I had some faith that I'd have a good meal. (laughs) It was beyond trust, right? So we go in and we order the prime rib. And the usual, you know, salad, vegetable, potato stuff. And uh, we parked. When we got there, I noticed there were only a couple cars in the parking lot. So it kind of surprised me. But it was like a Tuesday night or something, Monday, Tuesday night. It was like 7.30 in the evening. So, you know, I figured we missed a dinner rush. It's not a normal night. It, you know, wasn't the worst part of town, but not the best. And we go in, and it's kind of an intimate kind of place, dimly lit. You know, it's designed for a good nice date night. It seemed like there was only one server working, right? So we order iced tea, prime rib, our salads, and the drinks and salad come out. And the tea was like, you know, not the freshest. Salad was nothing special. Okay, well, you know, whatever. Then the food comes out. Dude, the prime rib was literally rancid. There were no two ways about it. It was stuff from the weekend that just sat there in the warmer. It was cryovacked and wasn't sealed right. Probably the first. But it was not good. And like my ex-wife and I both noticed it. Just like one of those moments where you both took a bite and you look at each other and you're like, whatever. And you're like, this is not right. So, you know, I said something. Oh my gosh, you were so offended. Like, so offended. I don't, I, I'm guessing we paid our bill or they give us a deal or whatever. I do, I wouldn't have left without paying the bill, but we never went back. Take a flip experience. There are a couple family owned restaurants in town that have multiple locations, and each location specializes in different fare. One of those chains, you know, a steakhouse, one seafood, one Italian, one barbecue. And I have faith that any experience I go into in any of those locations will be a great meal. But one of them wasn't so great. It was okay. Right? But faith is deeper than trust. Trust is just a checklist. Trust is something you don't have to worry about if you have faith. I'll still go back to that place. I have enough faith that the meal's going to be solid if I have to entertain someone. But let's talk about it personally, because when I met my partner and early on the relationship, I thought to myself one day, wow, man, you've met your match. And that reminded me of a conversation I had with an affair with my affair when I had to say to her one day, you've met your match. But when I said that statement, it was adversarial. It was because I found her profile on Tinder or ad on Craigslist. And I was smart enough to catch her. I was running around to see if the bathroom was cleaned. One of the most beautiful things my current partner's ever said to me. 
that anyone's ever said to me was, I see you for who you are. She uttered those words and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I had goosebumps. My heart skipped a beat. My blood pressure probably went up. It was literally the most beautiful thing she could have said to me. But part of that physiological reaction at the moment was because those words were the exact same words my ex-wife uttered to me somewhere after she caught me cheating the last time. My partner's expression of faith was my ex-wife's expression of distrust and no faith. I'm not sure this number's right. I did it quickly, but if you do a little research on the interwebs, you'll see that half the population claims they go to church at least once a month. Even though I was active in my family's church, was active in a mega church, sent my daughter to a non-denominational Christian school and know how much some of those people went to church, I don't believe that for one minute. Maybe once a year, but once a month. No. But here's the point of that. The people that do show up there have faith. They believe in something that they can't see. And that's what faith is on the simplest level. That's not a statement on Christianity or other religion or lack of it in life. I'm just simply pointing it out. If you're having trouble understanding faith, that's what it is. It's coming together with someone. That's a demonstration of multiple people coming together. But they do that because there's a power. There's an existence that's greater than the two of you or the mass of you. You become an entity that supersedes what you are individually when you have faith. It's not about church. It's not about any group of people coming together with a common cause. It can be about a group of people at work involved in a startup company. It can be, you know, you're part of an IPO. You're working with a super exciting launch project. Right? You guys come together in faith. Personal relationships too. But a friend of mine introduced me to one of his clients one time and said, this guy can do the work you need, meaning me. And they, long story short, they needed a, a system that reflected some real-time financial transaction and trend, transaction data uh, for trades that were worth not, you know, at least tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds, multiple times a day. There are people that start their day each day with faith in their systems. Uh, well, the company, the management, had to start their day each day with faith in their systems, their data, and their employees. And the employees had to have faith in what they were using, knowing their jobs could be on the line if they screwed up uh, legit. So trust at the end of the day was reports we ran. It was checks and balances. It was a checklist. And when you have the faith, and even when you need a checklist, and something's wrong or you find a mistake, it doesn't diminish faith, right? I mean, yeah, there are big checks like cheating or something, but checklists are there for trust, but needing them once in a while doesn't break trust. 
it restores faith. It, it, it restores faith. It builds faith. The checklist was there because we all agreed ahead of time and needed to be there. It was essential to the process. But if you got to pin a checklist on your partner's back, faith is deeper than trust. Trust doesn't matter. It does. But faith is what matters. Trust is the checklist. I was talking about people of faith I knew. And I remember sitting in, uh, I believe this was in a workshop I went to about how to be better men for our partners. And uh, hearing some guys talk about this, even one partner recommending this, that, that partners share an email address for all their correspondence so they know they can trust each other. Think about that for a minute. That's just fucked up. It's pinning a checklist on your partner's back. If you have a trust issue, ask where your faith is at. As I was writing this script, someone tried sliding into my DMs, and just the other day, my partner was telling me about someone trying to slide into hers. She was working on something and called uh, and was telling me how people refer to her as magnetic and was working it into her messaging. And, and I was kind of laughing secretly because first of all, she's magnetic AF, right? She's definitely one of the most magnetic women I ever met. I mean, she's so magnetic that at the end of our first date, she suggested I might want to think about deleting my uh, dating apps. And I was like, yes, ma'am. I had the faith. Right. But I laugh because that's what I've been called too. And she's never used that word with me, but I know I gotta be something magnetic to her. She wouldn't be with me. And no, I wasn't offended at all. That, that, that word hadn't been used with me. The point is this. We all want these people in our lives that are strong-willed, uh, 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 attractive, uh, uh, bring all this good energy. And this applies to our friends too, because I've seen this among uh, uh, among uh, groups of friends, right? I'm not just talking about personal relationships. But you get these uh, jealousy issues, right? Man, if you have faith in something deeper, think about how those issues have gotten in the way of your friendships and your relationships too. But But I really see that in friendships too, right? Meet your match on faith. Not on a checklist you have to pin on each other's back during the dating process. It's not that trust doesn't matter, right? And you hopefully never need the checklist. But the true faith really starts with faith in yourself. And when you're true to yourself, faith in others becomes more obvious. The faith in yourself is self-confidence. And that will start translating appropriately on where you put confidence in others, how you put faith in others, not just trust. But like I said, faith can be shaken. Our faith in anything, church, our jobs, our people, our friends, our personal relationships, our family, 
you know, think about uh, all the, ever since COVID, all the number of, of uh, new institutions trying to do good in the world, soliciting donations. If you ever see the uh, TikTok uh, ads on television, you see how, you know, some are for raising money for causes and, and how they've done good growing businesses, right? So I'm trying to keep it optimistic and want to keep a focus on the faith aspect for a minute because honestly, it's a good marketing campaign. And honestly, they brought some people together with common beliefs that truly want to make a change. That's not saying I'm, I don't, I'm not even on TikTok. Well, I am, but I'm not. So it's not a commentary on that at all. My point is, people have come together with faith. And it's also, uh, as with anything, during COVID with all these organizations coming up, you know, some of them have gone south. Some of them haven't distributed the funds they should have. And that's Sheikh's faith. Think of how faith applies in your personal relationships and when that's shaken. You know, here's the thing. I found the better I know me, the more faith I have in myself, like I said earlier. And then the more I can see whether I should put faith into others. It's kind of that I think I can, I think I can attitude and, and you know, it happens. It's more than speaking things into existence, it's true faith in yourself. And like I said, then you see that faith in others and you see the faith other people have in themselves and their beliefs and what they want to do and what they're trying to accomplish. I'll make it personal for a minute. My few weeks back, my partner had an opportunity to come up and said, what do you think? Do it, I said. She commented later on being surprised at how supportive I was uh, of that and a couple other things that came up related to her life goals. It's so, it's so obvious to me. If you have faith in others, you can see when they have faith in themselves. And it propagates back and forth. But like I said, the downsides, the blind faith in getting it shook. And I promised to wrap up with that. And uh, uh, I wanted to. Uh, so let me do that. You know, anybody can think of a call story. Jim Jones, Guyana, Waco. They're all examples of blind faith, right? It was maybe good faith that went bad. And you had blind faith happen. But here's the thing with blind faith. To anybody on the outside, it's usually glaringly obvious. And really, at the end of the day, uh, uh, break some kind of norm that you guys have established within an organization or within your relationship. Take 
something like the uh, January 6th insurrection on some, and on some level you have people whose faith was shook in the system, valid or not, I'm not making a statement on that. And then they were trying to follow some others with some blind faith. Really kind of interesting when you think about it and how both uh, the, those things can be represented there. But again, didn't the whole process, and I guess I am making a statement on it, go against all the fundamentals of what we were as a de- what we are as a democracy? Isn't there something glaringly obvious when faith is displaced? I recently watched Wolf of Wall Street. Hundreds and you know. Uh, hundreds of employees misled following their leader. But they got caught up with legal entities, which are checks and balances, the checklist, right? And that really brings us to faith being shook because faith being shook is harder and that could be an episode or two or three in itself. But here's the bottom line. When our faith is shooken, shaken i guess it's usually not a bad thing we might think it is for a minute and it 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 could be but you think about an organization that maybe shook your faith kind of like what my original thing was was going to be about or any person that shook your faith faith just because you had a really bad relationship did it prevent you from dating again Maybe some people, but, or maybe for a while, but, uh, but also think about a house you lived in with cracks on the walls, right? Or on the ceiling. Maybe you live in an earthquake zone. That's something you can't control. Face the foundation. Sometimes things shake our faith. Unfortunately, sometimes they leave cracks. Cracks can be fixed. <laughs> but sometimes things shake our faith, they shake our foundation, but, but they're also not always bad. And they're not always in our control, like the earthquake. They can be from something intentional or unintentional, intended or not. Think of all the misunderstood emails, texts, and conversations you've had in your life. They can be from something bad, something real, something deeper, or not. Shaking your foundation is really, you know, think about it for a minute. There's just so many things you can't control every day. How can you make it simple? And that's where I would come back to how I started this and say, the thing that's overrated, trust. Because when your faith is shaken, what you really need to ask yourself is, do I trust them? If I put up that checklist, if I put up that checklist, just in my imagination for a second, do I even need to? If you got to put it up there and leave it there, then yeah, maybe you have some trust issues and maybe there are some faith issues, not just trust issues. But give it a second and look at it and check it off. I keep thinking about a story I heard recently about uh, someone who's with an alcoholic and and uh, 
man, she's got to put up the checklist. (laughs) Because if you can put it up there and check things off, you don't have a problem. But if you can't check the things off, then you've got some broken faith. And that's sad. Because faith is what's beautiful. Not trust. Trust is overrated. It's just a checklist. My ex-wife had a checklist on my back and I had a checklist on my affairs. Look how those ended up. I used to think that trust would breed faith and I don't think it does. I think faith breeds trust. I read this piece once before, but it comes to mind because it really has a lot to do with having trust in each other and anything. It's called Risks by Leo Buscalia. To laugh is to risk appearing a fool. To weep is to risk appearing sentimental. To reach out to another is to risk involvement. To expose feelings is to risk exposing your true self. To place your ideas and dreams before a crowd is to risk their loss. To love is to risk not being loved in return. To live is to risk dying. To hope is to risk despair. To try is to risk failure. Risks must be taken because the greatest hazard in life is to risk nothing. The person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, is nothing. He may avoid suffering and sorrow, but he cannot learn, feel, change, grow or live. Chained by his servitude, he is a slave who has forfeited all freedom. Only a person who risks is free. Healing is a journey, so is faith. Put faith in yourself, put faith in your most important people, put faith in the people in your life that deserve it. Trust is blind and faith is beautiful, especially between two people. It's how you give yourself and your choices a purpose bigger than yourself. See you soon.